Man, it's a really row body. Yeah, yes, it is. And welcome here to season number two of the Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance. And joining us, uh, we have a, a lot of changes, uh, Josh. I think we've made from uh, the last time uh, that uh, that we were together uh, up until now. And uh, obviously, we will uh, we'll get into those here as the show uh, unfolds. But first and foremost, Josh, how has your offseason been? It's been quite busy, and I'm sure we will uh, get into that, like I said, as the show unfolds. Offseason good. Uh, just following the uh, what's happening in different teams, who's moving where, who's going there, you know, who's getting ready. Uh, <clears throat> we had the chance to uh, be able to go to California for some testing, but we weren't able to get out there. But uh, just the fact that we were invited was uh, was was a big step in the right direction for this podcast, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We are definitely headed, I think, in the in the right direction. And uh, and like I said, we'll get into some of the uh, changes uh, that that we've made here in the uh, in the off season. Uh, but first, before we do that, uh, Josh, uh, I want to bring in uh, somebody that I think is going to be very valuable uh, uh, to uh, to this show as it comes to uh, driver. And, and I've had the opportunity uh, to uh, to call this this individual's races on on iRacing. Uh, he has been up, I think, uh, as of late. Um, but uh, th- this gentleman not only has uh, NASCAR Cup experience. Uh, but uh, NASCAR, uh, Xfinity, and uh, obviously uh, IndyCar as Zill House. Uh, but uh, proud to bring on, uh, proud to have as a driver analyst, uh, R.C. Enerson. Uh, R.C., first and foremost, a uh, huge thank you for uh, taking time out of your day, obviously, to uh, to join us here. It's going to be exciting uh, to have you uh, all along. And for people that may not be uh, familiar uh, with yourself, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, I started off racing karting when I was five. Uh, both my parents were, grew up in Indianapolis, so what better than uh, than a couple of race fans already to to get things underway? And um, when I was about four years old, got into those Hot Wheels cars, just had boxes and boxes of those things. And my mom was like, "Hey, there's a little dirt track up here. We're in Florida." And uh, he was like, "No, I'm from Indianapolis. If he's racing karts, he's racing on asphalt." And that kind of kickstarted the whole thing. Got all the way up to jump into cars when I was 12, get into the whole road to Indy. And then uh, ended up making my Indy car debuts uh, when I was 19 with Dale Coyne. Uh, got to do a Daytona 24 hour in 2017. And then it was just kind of off and on ever since then. It's been in the car, out the car. I'm um, just trying to take on every opportunity I can get. Got the opportunity in 2020 to do some NASCAR stuff. In 2021, got to do the the cup series stuff, a couple more IndyCar races. So it's, it's been a bit of a wild ride and obviously still pushing to be in the car as much as possible. I definitely hoping uh, to uh, get back in the, uh, in the car there, as, uh, as you mentioned, hopefully sometime in, in 2023. And I, uh, right before we went on air, I know Josh was asking about uh, any side uh, of you, Maybe around IndyCar this year, or uh, you know, at the uh, at the greatest spectacle in Race Apples, uh 500. Uh, any plans that you can uh, elaborate on at this moment in time for that? Well, I think everybody's trying to trying to be in the 500. There's, I mean, there's only they they will go above 33, but we'll see how we can get there. Um, we do have a full car and a spare tub. It's just putting it with a team and placing ourselves there i mean we've been working on it for a while and i think it looks pretty good this year nothing really announceable as of now but uh yeah we've, we've been working really really hard on it and i think it's i think it's a good chance to see us there um just the pieces have to fall in the right spot yeah definitely i need a a little luckier way and and how cool would it be uh, to uh, to have the the official driver analyst here on the Push to Pass podcast uh, in the Indianapolis uh, 500, that would definitely be uh, a moment a moment in time for all of us to share for sure. And hopefully, RC, you'll be able to uh, to get that. But 
uh, it has been an interesting, I think, guys, uh, off season, uh, as a silly season here in uh, in IndyCar. A lot of changes, uh, drivers switching teams, uh, drivers switching numbers of uh, drivers that are coming up. Uh, let's take a look at uh, at the team to uh, 2023, and I think uh, RC, you really did touch on something that this may be one of the biggest fields I think, um, that uh, IndyCar fans are going to see uh, when it comes to the number of cars in quite some time. Yeah, I think uh, I mean we've been doing a spreadsheet on it too. We wanted to know like what what amount of numbers. If every single car that we think would be entered enters, I think you're at 35. Uh, which is like my 2021 year, we had 35. I don't see how we get to anywhere past 35. Um, and who knows if the engine manufacturers want to go above 33. So it's kind of all up in the air. There's still, I guess, technically myself, um, a second dryer car. And they haven't quite announced the the fourth, who's driving the fourth Ray Hall car. So it's, I mean, there's, there's definitely some seats still to be announced. I think announced seats right uh, now, with drivers, I think we were at like 31 or 30. Um, but it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see if uh, they can get to bump day back. Uh, Josh, before we take a look at the uh, changes in, in drivers and teams uh, in or coming into uh, 2023, what are your thoughts here, uh, you know, in, in the off season, the silly season, and, and just seeing news uh, about news about news uh drivers uh changing teams uh, changing numbers uh so on and so forth um i mean there's there's been there's been quite a few quite a few changes uh, that i've seen um people going here people going there <clears throat> um i don't think it's good I, I think it's really not going to affect the product i mean you you've got some great drivers that are going to be out there um now that we're past the alex polo uh, contract uh, dispute that we had last week what last year what was a contract what's not a contract um that that was the that was the biggest thing next to uh, scott dixon uh once again being able to dominate the field and uh, take home that uh, that bit that championship for IndyCar last year. Um, I, I personally am looking forward to uh, seeing what the young guns can do. Uh, I'm a big fan of Pato award. Uh, my favorite driver, um, uh, Jimmy Johnson left the series. He's going to be doing other stuff. I think he's, he's going to be trying to do a couple races here and there, but he's not gonna be full time like he was last year. So I'm uh, focusing mainly on Pato this year. Um, also, of course, if uh, RC uh, is able to make it in uh, make it in May, I'll be out there. I'll uh, find find a way, or if I have to, I'll make a uh, make my own RC Enerson uh, shirt so I can be out there uh, cheering him on. Um, but I I can't wait till the race till the season starts. Um, like I last year was my first year actually watching full time uh, IndyCar and, uh, you've gotten me really involved in, uh, and looking at the news and who's going where and what's doing what, uh, Vance. So I just can't wait. Yeah. I, I think we're all uh, in that same boat, uh, anxious to get things kickstarted, uh, down in uh, St. Pete uh, in just a few weeks time. But, uh, before we get into the schedule, let's take a look, uh, at the teams that are going to be rolling out here in, in 2023. Uh, and I'll ask you guys, uh, some of your favorites look at, you look at these teams. So let me see if I can pull this, uh, graphic, uh, up on screen there for everyone. I know it may be uh, a little small, uh, to, uh, to read. Uh, but I will go through these uh, the best I can here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what uh, what everybody thinks here. But uh, AJ Foyt to Enterprises is going to kick things off, obviously in 2023 alphabetical order. Uh, Santino Ferrucci, uh, that's going to be a new driver there for uh, uh, for AJ Foyt uh, Enterprises, and then also. Um, uh, going to be a rookie uh, this year. Had a great uh, campaign in uh, I guess what it's now called, but uh, Indy NXT. Uh, Benjamin Peterson. So going to be interesting to see how, uh, how the young rookie does there. And then uh, Andretti Autosport, obviously everyone has their eyes uh, on, on this team year in and out. Uh, you have uh, Colton Herta, who uh, really is the, uh, the veteran 
I think. Uh, and then last year, to AJ Foyt Racing for a year now. Uh, he is with Andretti Autosport, uh, Kyle Kirkwood, uh, great name in uh, 2022. And then uh, Roman Grosjean. And then don't forget uh, the Canadian there, uh, Devlin uh, DeFrancesca. That's someone to keep your eye on as well. I think this is just going to be a, a 500 uh, off here, but uh, uh, Mario Andretti, or excuse me, Marco Andretti, that'd be interesting to see, but uh, Marco Andretti rounds out the stable there for Andretti Auto Racing. Uh, next, uh, I think the the team uh, car owner, I think that was had the uh, off, uh, off-season news, uh, Arrow McLaren, and I think Dynamic Stable. Uh, that they have uh, added uh, the aforementioned uh, Pato Award, which I think he's going to be uh, one of the title contenders uh, this year. Uh, also, they brought back uh, Felix Rosenquist, uh, added uh, another Indianapolis 500 winner in uh, Alexander Rossi, and then uh, Tony Kanaan, who's going to have the 500, the Indianapolis 500 for uh, for Errol McLaren. So uh, I, I think I'll throw it over to uh, both of you here. Uh, first, uh, John. Josh, what do you think of the stable uh, that uh, Zach Brown and Errol McLaren have built uh, for this 2023 campaign? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Zach Brown is not afraid to spend some money because those right there are some heavy hitters. Um, Pato Award, like I was talking about, he is uh, he's my uh, he's my favorite to win the championship this year. I feel like he uh, he was on the cusp of winning a couple last year, he, uh, but I think. This is the year that he uh, he he pulls it through, and he's got he's gonna have a really good year. Uh, Rosenquist, uh, don't know too much about him. I know I met him last May. Uh, really nice guy, and uh, and of course you can't you can't ever count out uh, Alexander Rossi. I mean he is a uh, he's a he's a younger driver, um, but he's got a lot of experience. Um, and one of my one of my all time favorites from the past, Tony Kanaan. I mean, anytime Tony gets out there on the on the uh, two and a half mile oval on uh, out in uh, out in Indy, you can't count him out. Him and Helio Castroneves are the two two uh, senior senior drivers that I uh, I root for the most. But once again, yeah, Jack I, I Brown think- must have he must have deep pockets because I mean that that right there that 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 murderer's row. I, I'm going to compare it to my. Uh, to my favorite team, the Yankees. That's a murderer's row of drivers right there. Yeah, Zach I think uh, is obviously they... uh, dumped a cash uh, into the into the IndyCar team, and, and don't forget too, they're also, uh, I believe, uh, in the process of of building a new facility here in the uh, Indianapolis uh, area as well. Uh, I'll throw it over to uh, to RC. Um, I know you know a little more about this when it comes to the drivers, uh, but uh, you know, adding not only Alexander Rossi, who's a 500 winner, uh, but uh, but Tony Kanaan. How much is that going to help not only uh, Felix Rosenquist and uh, and Pato Award? Yeah, I think with their with Aaron McLaren, they, they kind of came in with the I think it was what 2019, and there I think they're just dipping their toes in the water. Uh, you put them as an average team at the time, with running two cars first first year program, even their second year program, and it wasn't really till last year where they just kind of became a powerhouse. And now this year, they're going to be a powerhouse just like Chip Ganassi, just like. Um, Penske, it's going to be it's going to be very really, really competitive with those three because it's, it's you can definitely tell they're biggest, the strongest, uh, along with along with Andretti. I think it's those four teams that are going to be really really competitive. And then you bring in a guy like Tony Kanon, who at the 500 is always up front. It doesn't matter what he's in, he's going to be up front. He just knows that track inside and out. Um, Rossi, he's super super quick. Uh, he obviously had that fuel fuel mileage win, um, but he's also been strong at the 500. But, it, yeah, that's a powerhouse team. Um, I think Rosenquist struggled a lot last year in the beginning, uh, but it wasn't until that midseason where he just really started clicking off the podiums, the top fives, and uh, kind of everything started to click. And But I, I'm excited to see what he can do starting a season off strong. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to uh, Felix Rosenquist. I think it was the second half of the year where he had a a dominant car uh, week after week. 
getting and I and I wonder if that kind of propelled him uh, to be able to uh, stay in that uh, Aaron McLaren uh, stable. There was talk of uh, uh, of Felix moving on into uh, I think F one or F two uh, with uh, with uh, McLaren, uh, but uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Felix was able uh, to uh, to get a ride. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, to both of you, uh, you know, RC and, and Josh. You were talking about the dominance that. Uh, Tony Kanaan has had out at the 500 and you know we we were witness of it last year uh he was just within within an eyelash of uh winning with um uh Chip Canassi so it's going to be interesting to see I think with the money and the resources uh that Aero McLaren is going to be able to to throw uh, to see if he can maybe sneak out uh one more uh 500 victory before uh, Tony calls it a illustrious uh, career, to uh, to say the least. But um, obviously, you touched a Moss Racing team here. Uh, Chip Canassi, they're obviously one of the uh, favorites uh, year in and year out with uh, defending uh, 500 champion uh, Marcus Erickson. You know, this isn't a bad stable either. Uh, you also have uh, Scott Dixon, uh, Alex Pillow, which I think he's 500 victory here in the not-so-distant future as well. And then uh, they have uh, they're going to split uh, time in the uh, number eleven car, their fourth entry uh, with Marcus Eric or Mar- Marcus Eric, excuse me, Marcus Armstrong, and then uh, uh, Takuma Sato is also going to be driving that uh, that number eleven car. So another fine stable that um, uh, Chip has over there at uh, Chip Canassi Racing. HD Motorsports. I know there was a lot of talk that uh, David Malukas may be uh, on the move, uh, but I, I was happy to see that he he um, being able to stay at contender. I think he proved a lot last year uh, as a rookie, and then also too excited to see this uh, the last get a full uh, for this 2023 season uh, with Dale Coin Racing, and then along with Rick Ware Racing as well. And this has to be one of the cool cooler names i think in racing uh their stingray rob so i was excited to see him get full tight uh, for this year as well and then i know you were talking about uh, maybe a uh, dryer and reinbolt having that uh, second car uh not a lot of uh new come out there yet hopefully uh, we can kind of persuade the people over there dry and reinbolt to give uh, rc a, a ride there for the 500 uh but still Stephen Wilson is going to be coming back uh, second leave that be uh, attempting the uh, Indianapolis 500. And then uh, next, the local kid here, uh, fan favorite, uh, Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, big news today, I think. Uh, and we'll touch on that here momentarily as well. Uh, you know, the, Ed, Ed Carp, uh, Renus VK, star on the rise as well. And then uh, Ed will get in the car from time to time as well. But uh, if you didn't hear uh, today's news, and I think this this may be, and I could be wrong here, and I'm curious to hear both of your guys' uh, inputs on this. Uh, but um, uh, Connor Daly, who is in uh, Ed Carpenter Racing full-time this year, is also going to uh, be tr- attempting to qualify and make the uh, Daytona 500 with the Floyd uh, Mayweather and uh, his racing team. Uh, I'm curious again, both your guys' thoughts. Is this going to be something that we see uh, for the next few years, a trend where uh, IndyCar drivers are getting that one-off run uh, with the, uh, in the, in the NASCAR series there at Daytona. Um, Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll let Josh take this one first and then I'll follow. I would imagine. I mean, it's it sounds cool to uh, to get those IndyCar drivers in there and uh, get them into a different car, see how they can handle it. Um, I bet our, I would imagine RC can to can to attest to the fact that getting in an IndyCar and getting in a NASCAR are two totally different things. Um, but if we can get more and more of the IndyCar drivers to cross over, I think. If you if you get the if you get the IndyCar drivers to cross over and they can they can um, qualify for the for those NASCAR races, I think that would bring some of the NASCAR viewership over to IndyCar. You know, on those we on those weekends where uh, NASCAR and IndyCar are going, you might be able to switch a couple over if you get a good driver that's out there showing showing that he can he's versatile. Um, I know a lot of driver, some drivers have tried in the past to do the, uh, the, the Indy 500 and the, uh, the 600 for, 
NASCAR, and that's that's all that's always a uh, talking point of most sports broadcasters on that weekend. Uh, RC, can you uh, can you attest to how difficult it is to go from one tr- one car to another? Yeah, they're polar opposites. It's it's crazy. Um, I first got to drive it like for first time ever in a stock car, Road America, in the Xfinity car, and that was during the whole COVID deal. So we didn't get any practice or qualifying. So I hadn't even started the car until we were on the grid. And it took me the entire first stage to really just figure out what I was doing. You have to completely rewire your brain. It's a lot about technique and how how heavy that car is and just no, really no downforce uh, where the Indy car has so much downforce, it rewards pushing at 110%. The more speed you roll, the more grip you have, the more time you're going to find where the NASCAR is just like on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. You're trying to not slide the car so much. You feel like you're wheeling the reins back a lot just to it's a lot more technique i feel like um but yeah this when i saw that news come out for about about connor doing the 500 that's is really exciting i know he did his first nascar uh, cup race i think it was last year at, at the charlotte roval and i from what i heard from him it was not exactly the best experience i think they were on fire three or four times the cool suit stopped working something like that maybe the water i think it might have been the water hose stopped working I mean, there was so much that had gone wrong. I'm excited to see him finally get a chance to hopefully no, nothing goes wrong in the car and he can have a good showing at the 500, uh, which I'll be there in the stands watching. I'll be at the 500. It's a two-hour drive for me to get over there. So I'm going to go to that. I'll be excited to watch him do that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a completely different car to drive. But you brought up a good point about the fan base. I mean, I think you see a lot of IndyCar drivers go over there. Um one perfect example is AJ Allmendinger. He's one of the fan favorites now, and he came over from open wheel background, champ car, Indy car, and uh, he's making his way on that side. So it's it's definitely just a different form of racing, and it just takes a bit to get used to. All right, let, let's 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 flip the script here a little bit. And you talked about the differences in car and and all the adaptivity that you have to have. How many NASCAR drivers do you really think or that you've heard are interested in in crossing over or or doing maybe a one-off in an IndyCar? I don't think I've heard a lot. I mean – the one thing that I think everybody can attest to is just how brave it was for Jimmy Johnson to jump over. All these guys that run IndyCar, they eat, sleep, breathe. They came up growing up from a very young age, racing open wheel cars. It's getting used to the light car, lots of grip, really high corner speeds, G-forces. It rewards pushing way outside your comfort zone. I mean, at street courses, you're going into corners, coming to the apex, not knowing if you're going to make the exit on a qualifying lap. And it, it just takes a lot of bravery, um, which a lot of these guys, including myself, we grew up open wheel racing. That's just kind of the normal uh, where you look at the NASCAR side. And uh, most of those NASCAR guys came up through all circle track racing comes through kind of a, just a complete different background. And I'm, I don't know of a lot of people that are want to cross over just because of the learning curve. I mean, even with IndyCar drivers going to NASCAR, it's, it's, it's a giant learning curve to figure things out. Do I think it's easier for open wheel guys to go over and drive the NASCAR than it would be for NASCAR drivers coming over and drive the Indy car? Yeah. Just cause it feels like when you get in that NASCAR, you got to wheel the reins way back where if you come from the NASCAR and go to the Indy car, you better be hitting 110% to try to maximize the car. Um, cause the more speed you're going to roll, you're going to get more grip. Sometimes when you don't push the car fast enough, it, it, loses tons and tons of grip and doesn't feel good um so i think the crossover is a tough thing um but i i i wouldn't be surprised if you see some crossover in the next coming years i don't think you'll see any crossovers uh this year just because of how big the full-time field is 27 cars i think it is i don't think there's any room for anybody to come over and cross over and do any road course racing maybe the 500 but uh yeah, it's just the tight in the NASCAR field when they run so many cars. Yeah, um, it's a little easier to to add cars for for one-off races, and because they have what like a thirty-four race schedule versus IndyCar's seventeen, eighteen races. Um, so yeah, the crossover thing's interesting. Um, 
and I'm excited to see who else does it. RC, can I ask you a question? Um, I recently watched a, uh, an interview. It was on uh, Dale Earnhardt's podcast. It was uh, Ty Gibbs. He said a lot of times uh, if he's going to a new track or something, he'll, uh, he'll get on iRacing and, um, you know, it'll help him feel, feel out uh, what, what it's like to, to drive on that, um, on that track. Would the NASCAR guys be able to, I mean, it, obviously never being in any of the cars, would they be able to, uh, you know, hop on an iRacing and, uh, you know, maybe help them put them more at ease or is it just you got to get in the car to feel out what it what it's like to be in that Indy car as opposed to being in that uh that that NASCAR that stock car yeah I think I think iRacing brings a lot to the table for a lot of drivers um I think the most important thing that any driver uses it for is to learn a track they've never driven before um, I've used it plenty of times. That's really one of the most fundamental things I would use iRacing for besides more or less just to have fun. Um, the one thing I don't like about it with just how simulation is, it is almost impossible to mimic how you're going to feel in the car. Um, just from a comfort level, from it gives you a little bit of a false sense of grip. There is some things you can take away with reference points and that the tracks are laser, laser scans so you can get some idea of line and kind of feel the car out, but I wouldn't take too much under my belt for my racing to, to go into the car. I would more or less just get it as a, as, as a track learning experience. Um, the only time you're really, really going to use a SIM to, to get the upper edge is if you find one of the, if you get in one of the factory, like the Chevy simulator or the Ford simulator, Toyota simulator, or even just the Delara simulator in Indy. Um, those are the ones that are, that are you're in the thing all day they have their own programming that's where you're really going to get the most out of a simulator but yeah iRacing is a great a great tool um i just think for a lot of drivers like ty gibbs people that are that high up in racing you're going to get more out of just the car um in the first three laps you learn more than you are going to learn the entire weekend and uh, but but iRacing will give you a starting point okay Definitely good, uh, good knowledge there. And I know, like I said, I've seen and Josh, uh, the type I racer that uh, RC is, and uh, you know, second, second to none. There's one I'd want to learn from. It would definitely be uh, RC. But uh, finishing up here uh, with the uh, the teams here for 2023, uh, we have uh, Hollinger Racing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of these of this team. Happy. Uh, to be able to see uh, Callum Eilat, who was a rookie last year, which I thought uh, was mighty impressive for being a one-car team, uh, the su success that uh, Callum was able to gain with just that uh, one-car team. Uh, but uh, this year they've expanded to two. Um, I don't know if you can talk a little bit to RC about, about the driver they added, but uh, uh, Augustine uh, Campio, I believe is how that's pronounced. He's going to be a rookie driving the eight car. Uh, do you have any uh, any type of uh, background uh, on on this driver and what uh, the fans can expect to see out of that seventy eight car? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I, they announced him. And I, I tried to look some stuff up just to see because I, I'd never heard the name, um, but I, I didn't really find too much. So it's going to be interesting to see him start to test get used to the car, see how he acclimates to it. Cause like I said, the Indy car is just a, it's a whole nother beast. I mean, there's nothing that compares to like besides formula one to that, that wheel weight with the, with no power steering. It's, it's crazy how much it takes to turn and just how physical the car is um, getting it around that track, especially street courses. It's, it's just another animal, but it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, and, uh, we've seen new people come in. We've seen them not do so great. We've seen new people come in and, and really surprise. So it's just going to be kind of a coin flip, and, and we're going to have to see once it comes to St. Pete. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, it, it said it's going to be interesting to see how acclimated that uh, that he gets in that number. You talked earlier uh, about uh, the, the 24 hours of Daytona, uh, the Rolex talk about a team that – has a lot of momentum uh, coming into uh, St. Pete in just a couple weeks. That is Meyer Shank racing, I think, for what the second uh, time in a row. Um, they have won the 24-hour uh, 
at uh, at Daytona, and then uh, the the lineup that they have coming in, uh, Elio Castroneves uh, driving for that uh, elusive fifth uh, Indy 500 uh, championship, which would be a he would be record holder. He would hold the most wins there, and then also former uh, winner as well, uh, Simon Pagano. And then uh, down to the last two teams we have, uh, I know, RC, you touched on this, having a uh, potentially open seat uh, for, for this team here. Uh, racing, you have uh, Graham Rahal. And then you have uh, two drivers uh, that did a number switch. Same team, just different numbers. Uh, Jack Harvey goes from the number 45 Hyvee uh, to the number 30. And then uh, Rookie of the Year, which I thought was quite uh goes to the number 45 uh, car, uh, Christian Lou. Guard, and then, uh, like you said, they have that one open seat uh, still uh, to be uh, announced. That is, hopefully, we can uh, campaign to get uh, RC there if uh, uh, Dreyer Reinbolt doesn't take him. And then, uh, you know, obviously, the last team we haven't mentioned, Powerhouse, year after year, they have uh, the defending uh, series champion, and then uh, two guys that. Uh, uh, if it wasn't power, uh, these two guys were uh, finding themselves in uh, P1 or winning the race. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, <clears throat> uh, Scott McGlynn, and uh, number 12, the reigning defending uh, series willpower. So you can never count out uh, Team Penske uh, year out. But as we look at these teams, uh, Josh and RC, I'm kind of curious to hear uh, which team, which stable, um, are you keeping uh, you keeping a close watch on uh, during this uh, twenty twenty? Um, I think one of the biggest teams that's it's going to be something that comes out uh, with 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 how much with the driver changes and adding Rossi I think it's going to be Aero McLaren's going to really surprise some people and then I know Penske's going to be at the front um as you guys probably already told tell or tell from year to year sometimes engine manufacturers have the slight upper edge it looks like Honda kind of had it the past couple of years they're that real upper edge especially at the speedway um, I think this year might be Chevy's year. You never know. Um, it kind of flops around. You never really know until we get to St. Pete or really until we get to the, get to IMS and you get to see the, the no-toe speeds and, uh, really who's got it. And, uh, I think Aaron McLaren's going to be there and Penske's going to be there. Chip Ganassi and Andretti, they're going to be winning races and they're going to be up front. But I think, I think you're going to see Aaron McLaren and, and Penske running and dominating. I can concur with what uh, what he said. I mean, um, obviously, he's more of an expert on this than I am. Um, like I said, last year being my first year full time, um, I'm I'm excited to see what Errol McLaren can do. Um, Ed Carpenter Racing, uh, I think they are going to uh, just from looking at their lineup of drivers. I think Connor Daly. I think he's uh, poised for a for a breakout year, um, and Renus VK. Uh, He'll be he'll be he'll be middle of the pack, but I think uh, to begin the year. But then I think as as the year goes on, I think he's going to get uh, get much better, uh, get more uh, racing underneath his belt, and uh, I think he's. So I would say watch out for Ed Carpenter Racing. Um, of course, Ed Carpenter is going to come out and try to win try to win the 500 as he does every year. And uh, as a hometown boy, he'll 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 get lot lots of uh, lots of fans out there. But uh, I think Errol McLaren is going to dominate this year. Um, I feel like uh, Penske, Penske. I have a feeling they're gonna, they're going to take a take a step back. Not 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 a giant step, but I don't think either of their three are going to win the uh, win the series championship this year. And and I'll add to that, and I I, I think it's going to be a clean sweep across the board. Um, I think Errol McLaren, Zach Brown, the whole gang over there uh, showed that uh, they mean business in, in 2023. You know, not only all of the funding and resources uh, that they're putting into the IndyCar team, uh, but the stable of drivers uh, that they have there. Uh, obviously, I think we're all in agreement that uh, Pato Award uh, is going to be a championship uh, contender. He showed that last year. I don't think he, he regresses uh, one bit. 
Uh, also, too, uh, Felix Rosenquist, I know we talked about how hot the second half of the year uh, was for him, so he's riding a little bit of momentum as well. And, and you can never count out uh, the the year, I think second half of the year, that uh, Alexander Rossi had over there at Andretti Auto Sports, and he's going to bring all of that momentum and experience uh, to uh, to Errol McLaren, and then their ace in the hole. Uh, so to say, uh, Tony Kanon, TK, uh, you can never count him out at the uh, 500 as well. So I think it's a clean sweep uh, across the board. Uh, Errol McLaren is definitely going to be, I think, uh, the team in 2023 to uh, to watch out for. And I'm in agreement with uh, RC, and that's not because I'm biased towards Chevy, uh, but I, I think uh, they're, all these Chevy teams uh, are going to have some excellent uh, – excellent uh, pieces of machinery uh, this year. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of these Chevy uh, powered uh, cars uh, towards the front there, uh, race in and race out uh, before we get into the schedule. Cause I know there's a couple, a couple tweaks uh, there. And then uh, interesting schedule that I'm curious to get uh, uh, RC's take on it and see if we're completely out in left field or maybe this is something that uh, IndyCar should uh, should listen to but uh, we here at the Push to Pass podcast are so proud uh, to be able to bring uh, these two uh, sponsors on to uh, to the show and the first one you see up there on screen, uh, always ready, 1776. So if you're a Patriot and you're looking for uh, some patriotic gear, uh, check out uh, always ready, uh, 1776, uh, set apparel, uh, headwear, and so much more. Uh, go over to alwaysready1776.com, and you can use the promo code that you see up on screen, push to pass, for 10% off of your order and then uh, another uh, uh thank you and, and sponsor for the show here is um uh, get them associates uh design and remodeling contractors uh if you are in the indianapolis area and you are looking for uh new uh you know remodel your house uh if your uh, house is, needs uh, some up-to-date uh, repairs or remodeling uh go check out the guys over at get them associates uh you can find them at get them Dot com and then as it shows down here uh, use the promo code push to pass for $250 off design services so a uh, huge thank you to uh, all to both of those sponsors you'll be able to see all year on the push to pass podcast uh, we are halfway home i, I think here uh, in uh, in episode 17 uh not only going over the off season but previewing the 2023 season and uh, next i think we need to uh, take a look at the schedule because there were a few tweaks i think that um indycar uh, made to the schedule and then there are a uh, like so we had a discussion uh er Earlier today, me and Josh see's uh, take on it. But as you see up here, this is the complete uh, 2023 schedule uh, for the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, as we've talked about here in the next few weeks, uh, we kick things off in uh, the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida, just a couple hours away, I think, uh, from uh, from RC and then we head to the Texas Motor Speedway and then out to California the streets of Long Beach and then uh, Barber I believe that's what uh, Birmingham Alabama I think if that memory serves me correctly uh, and then uh, Josh uh, our favorite especially if you are uh, in Indianapolis or Indiana it is the month of May uh, not only do we have the Indianapolis uh, road course there on May 13th but then we have the greatest spectacle of Race uh, Indianapolis 500 Memorial Day weekend, and then following that, uh, used to be well, no, it wasn't that's right. Uh, you're going to the streets of Detroit now. Before, um, RC, this used to be at, at Belle Isle, but now, uh, that has been moved to the uh, streets of uh, Detroit. Uh, we'll kind of get your take on this here as we finish up the schedule. Uh, and then uh, we go to uh, Road America and then the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Court. And uh, that is over the uh, 4th of July weekend. And then uh, they head back for the second year in a row to the streets of Toronto. And then a doubleheader race weekend uh, in uh, the Iowa uh, Speedway there. A great show that uh, Hyvie and all of those sponsors uh, put on last year. And then uh, the streets in Nashville, we go back there for the third year uh, in a row. It, it definitely excited uh, to uh, to go there. And then we head right back to uh, Indianapolis August 12th uh, for the second 
of two road courses this year. And then uh, rounding out the schedule, August 27th, Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, Portland International Raceway, and then the season finale in September at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So again, like I said, a little bit of a couple tweaks here and there, uh, but uh, but RC the the one I'm kind of curious about uh, is uh, moving the race that used to be uh, the Detroit Grand Prix at Belle Isle, and now they've constructed a, a street course in in downtown Detroit. Uh, curious to get your thoughts when you heard uh, uh, that news. Uh, I think it's awesome. I I, lo- I love the Belle Isle layout. Um, I've done plenty of the pace car rides there. Uh, year in year out uh, with the IndyCar experience guys and it's a really awesome track it's just impossible to get fans there uh, there's very very limited parking that's on Belle Isle and then besides that you're taking a really long shuttle to get over there and it's I think that really kind of hurt them on the fan base side and now being in downtown Detroit that's going to bring a whole bunch more people um, to get access to that and then not only that it's going to be a brand new street track for these guys Who's going to figure it out first with very limited practice? That's going to be the real take. Same way when we first went to Nashville, who's going to figure it out the quickest um, with, the, with the limited time? And I think that just kind of throws a wrench in it for everybody. Yeah, talking about uh, the streets of Detroit, I know, like I said, it used to be at Belle Isle. Now they've moved it to uh, downtown uh, Detroit. Is there any of the iRacing Sims uh, that you know of that have this uh, Detroit course? Or is it just going to be, you know, kind of uh, learning the track uh, by the uh, by the driver's seat of their pants, so to say? Um, and some of the very, very, very expensive sims, like I mentioned, the the Chevy Simulator, the Dallara Simulator, they construct these tracks. I mean, they they drove them in a streetcar. They kind of have an idea of where they're placing stuff, so they create their own programs. They don't use any um, was it commercial sim racing program. They have their own private one, so it's they're able to construct some tracks um and and be able to test on them in the simulators for for all the drivers that are full-time but i don't think anybody that just wants to get on and try to try to drive the track before the uh before the indycar drivers show up you're not going to see that on the sim uh kind of like how racing put the chicago street course in there um i think you might see that sometime soon uh once they get an idea of what it's kind of going to be like they might throw it in there uh but i think it's going to be some time All right. Uh, I'm curious to hear, and Josh, I'm going to get your take on this as well. Obviously, outside of the the oval, uh, that is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Josh, if there was one course that you would be able to get in an Indy car and, and take a lap around, obviously without killing yourself, what course would that be? Uh, it's a, it's probably a tie. Um, it would be the NASCAR, it was, sorry, the Nashville course. Uh, that always looks, that looks like a really cool course. And then also, uh, Texas, because, um, I've heard that you, you, I, I wouldn't be driving. I'd want to be in that two seater, but I'd want whoever's driving to ramp it up. Cause I could, I hear you can get, you can get up upwards to, uh, some great speed and, you know, get those G forces going through you. I think that would be a really cool track to go around. Now, now, RC. I know, obviously, you've driven at uh, at Indy, uh, but is there another course that uh, the that they go to this year that you see up on screen uh, that you might not driven at before that you would like to take a crack at? Um, yeah, I think uh, really, I think the only one that I the only few that I haven't driven would be obviously the streets of Detroit. Nobody's really got to drive that. Um, Texas, Nashville, and Portland, all the other ones I've, I've, I've been to. Um, I think Nashville would be really cool. The, the whole bridge concept uh, really blew everybody's mind, uh, especially with how rough that place was and how, just how raw the racing was. It was actually really good racing. It's, it's rare you see super good uh, racing on a street course, just usually with how tight quarters it is. Um, but Nashville produced really, really well. So I think that would have been a really cool one. And then obviously Texas uh, – I kind of just from watching, I haven't got a chance to drive it, but I have a love hate uh, relationship with that track. Just watching the drivers go around, knowing just how tough it is to pass with the PJ one stuff. I think if they could turn that thing into a multi-groove 
multi-groove racing for IndyCar, kind of like how Iowa is, you can run multiple grooves. It's, it would make the racing a lot better because that, that dirty air is just is brutal in an IndyCar. So it's when you get down to one lane racing in Texas, it's really hard to get close. It's hard to get runs. Uh, what, you can't really go side by side into the corners because you'll just get pushed up into, up into the crap and, and that'll send you off into the wall. So it's it's tough racing. I think if they did some modifications to to make it a multi-groove race, Texas would be awesome. But I think Texas or or Nashville would be would be my picks. Portland, I'm not too crazy about. Um, doesn't really seem like a um, a very fun track to drive. It's kind of like a mixture of Sonoma and Mid Ohio without the elevation. A lot of long flowing corners, um, which is tough in IndyCar again with with all the arrow push. When you get long flowing corners, it's it makes it incredibly hard to get close and pass. You know, I never thought I would say this, but we're all in agreement uh, again. You know, we, we all agreed on which teams to watch out for. And if I was able to get in one car, not tear it up and not kill myself, um, I would I would love to take a lap uh, at Nashville. I've been able to have the opportunity uh, to cover that the last two years. And, and I think it's just it, it's awesome. Uh, to watch those cars wide open uh, going uh, up the uh, up the bridge there, the Veterans Bridge. I think that's just that's one of the coolest things I think uh, IndyCar has has presented uh, to the fans. So definitely a, a huge uh, fan of uh, of Nashville, and obviously I can't wait to go back. Um, I think the atmosphere is amazing. Um, everything is right there, and it just reminds me a lot. Uh, here of of uh, broad ripple especially the way you know the uh, the establishments um, are set up but uh, just the fans that that flock there for that weekend and, and the enthusiasm that they have is just uh totally off the charts but uh me and josh were talking uh earlier today uh, before we got on here at, at the schedule and i think and i'm of the opinion and and i think josh shares the same one that I, I think IndyCar is doing itself a disservice by trying to, and I don't know if they're trying, but competing with, with NASCAR in these time slots. I think it would bode well for IndyCar, and I, and I think a lot of other people have had this discussion and, and think this as well, that there's a couple of these races that, that I've highlighted um, that I would love to see be night races. Um, I, I think IndyCar needs a lot more of those. I think the, the IndyCar liveries look awesome just sparkling underneath the lights. Like I would love to see Texas and then maybe make the, the, uh, the first race there on Saturday in Iowa, uh, under the lights as well. Uh, Josh, I want to hear your thoughts. And then, and then RC, you know, make sure we're not walking off the cliff. Well, I'll jump into it. It's just Josh. Um, I think you're muted. Yeah, when it comes down to when it comes down to night racing, Iowa and Texas are the only places you can do it. Um, all these tracks, it'd be cool to be at night, um, but it, it, you just need way too many lights to make it happen. Um, I know they've done some some work in Indianapolis to try to get that the endurance race they're going to have there. Um, it might be at night part of the race, but. Um, it's, it'd be tough anywhere besides Texas or Iowa in those night races. I think it'd be great. The hardest part with competing with the NASCAR time slots is because NASCAR's just got so many races. They're almost every weekend. So it's it's going to overlap sometimes. Normally they end up, they, they do a pretty good job of making them back-to-back. So like IndyCar races at one or two, and then NASCAR follows that up at like five. Um, or NASCAR has a night race. They have a lot of night races. Um, if IndyCar went to more places that had lights, I think they could do a lot with it. Um, that's just, it's hard uh, to get an IndyCar in an oval that's very compliant to IndyCars um, and not have something like a Fontana situation where you got a giant pack race. So it's it's going to be difficult. But I, I think if you could do a Texas race at night, they used to race there at night. And I think both Iowa races really should be at night with the with the time of year. Iowa is probably the most brutal track physically wise for the drivers um, with how you, you'd never have a point where you're not turning really and pulling G forces. So it's a night race, bringing the temperatures down. Um, it'll, it'll promote better racing with more, t- with more grip on the track. And then just to help out the drivers a lot. 
Sorry about that. Yeah, I was on mute. Uh, yeah, I do agree. Um, you know, the the night they need to have a couple night races. I know it's I know it's very hard with the uh, with most with most every with most every track almost being a, a road course. It's just not. It's just too hard to light it. But uh, I think Texas would be a really good one, um, and the Iowa races would be really good. Uh, it would showcase showcase the drivers a lot better. Uh, like uh, Van. Like Vance was saying, uh, you know, th those colors, they just sparkle underneath the lights. Um, I just think night races would be good. Maybe a couple Saturday races, you know, get away from, uh, get away from the NASCAR. Like, uh, like RC was saying, there's so many races that NASCAR runs. I mean, they run almost every week except for, uh, you know, Easter and Mother's Day, I think, you know, they even race on Father's Day. They're like, ah, oh, we love, we love the mothers, not the fathers, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, uh, Texas would be an awesome, awesome as a night race. Um, even if that's the only one, um, Iowa also the, like RC was saying, the brutal temperatures at during the day can just, just be hindrance to the, to the fans sometimes. I mean, if you're, if you're going out there for two races, in Iowa and it's 95 degrees who wants to sit and watch a race in a 95 degree weather sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I do agree. A night race or two would, would help. Yeah, it does seem like, uh, you know, again, <laughs> we are in agreement that uh, if there, if IndyCar was to go to a uh, night races, uh, definitely uh, take a look at both uh, Texas Speedway and uh, and Iowa Speedway for obviously all of the uh, right reasons. Uh, before we wrap up the the schedule here, and we uh, you know kind of give some predictions going into 2023, and we uh, get on out of here for episode 17. Uh, RC as a driver, is there looking at the schedule? Is there a track that you would like to see? Uh, IndyCar uh, go back to, and is there one that you would like to see them take out, or are you are you content uh, with what the uh, the season schedule looks like currently? Uh, I really like the schedule. Um, I, I am also a big fan of the oval racing. I mean, I did a lot of oval racing in lights. Um, I only got the chance to test the IndyCar at Gateway and then uh, do with IMS, obviously. But um, I did a lot of oval racing in uh, in lights. Uh, I think Phoenix needs to come back. Um, I think that's always been a been a pretty good race. I mean, Michigan. There's there's a select few of these of these ovals, mile and a half or not. Uh, that I think if IndyCar would just do a test day with 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 a few drivers and see how the racing is, um, and make sure tire compounds are all right to 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 put these ovals on the schedule. I know that's kind of like a NASCAR's area. Um, I don't know why we don't go to a lot of these places anymore, but uh, I think the the oval racing's always been really good. I mean, they used to have the Triple Crown being Pocono, Michigan, and IMS, uh, the three 500 milers. So it's it's. I would love to see something like that come back. Um, I think we're good on road courses. I think we all, we hit all the major ones. Sonoma would be a cool one to come back to. Um, but I think Laguna is a pretty good substitute there. Um, yeah, I think I think the only thing really IndyCar is looking at is I, I think the, the oval racing. It's it's always been so good, and if we had the right package on the cars, so that it's not a pack race like a Fontana situation or a Vegas situation, um, you have the right package on the car, and you can make the racing really, really, really fun to watch at a place like I don't know Michigan. Go back to Pocono. Um, I don't know, maybe Nashville, some uh, Nashville oval. So it's there, there's a couple good options there for ovals. I just think IndyCar needs to maybe try them out, test them, see, see how the, with multiple cars to make sure it's not going to be a pack and see how the tire comp, comp, which tire compound they would need to use and send them out there. <laughs> RC, I got, I got to, I got to concur with you. I got, I got to agree with you. Michigan yeah. has yeah. to come back. I got a funny story. Uh, my 21st birthday, the weekend of my 21st birthday, I spent at the track in Michigan. There's a, uh, there's a campground not too far away. My uncle and a couple of his buddies, uh, now we've grown to about 30 people. We went to that race. It was the very last race they did at Michigan, and it was the greatest thing ever. Um, heading heading to the store, uh, there was a uh, there was a driver running along the uh, uh, running along the road, and uh, lo and behold, it ended up being Sam Hornish Jr. Uh, pulled up, uh, said hello. He was really nice to me. And uh, then he just went back on his run. But uh, yes, I am in a total agreement. They need to bring back Michigan. That would be an awesome race to have again. 
Um, silly that they don't. Um, you can see the entire track, which is one of the best things that I love about a track. If I can see the entire track and see most of the, all the action, it's awesome. Um, but yes, Michigan for sure needs to come back. Yeah, I think with with Michigan and uh, there's a there's a couple other mile and a half ovals or even just mile ovals that would be awesome to come back to. And it's really it just comes down to testing on it and making sure our, the, the current package works. It's you that's think, the biggest uh, deal. RC, you think Kentucky would be a is that is that a is that an okay track? You know, I not uh, knowing I think too they'd much have about. To resurface. I think they'd have to resurface it. Um, I know it's really bumpy. If you've ever driven it on the sim, I don't think it's changed since then. So it's it definitely and um, have to be probably a resurfacing. But I mean, there's there's a lot of different ovals. Like I mean, even going back to Vegas, with it's it's all about the IndyCar package. I mean, when you had that big wreck there, it was because the package promoted pack racing. And I mean, everybody saw it at Fontana that one year where they were three wide, eight rows back. It looked like the Indianapolis start, but they were racing. It was, and then that's where you're going to get big crashes. And if you can have a package that doesn't allow for four wide the entire time, you can run maybe two by two or um, occasionally a three wide situation. I mean, Pocono was always a good one, obviously. Um, with with Robert Wickens crash there and people not wanting to go back and some people really want it back. It's kind of a toss up. I just think it comes down to having the right package. They just need to get a couple of these guys that want to, that want to test and you run them together, um, figure out tire compound wise. And, and if a test goes well, try and look at putting it on the schedule. But the oval racing's always been kind of Indy cars. It was Indy cars bread and butter until we went to a lot of road course racing. And uh, I'd love to see some of that come back. RC, speaking of Vegas, with uh, F1 going there, there this coming yeah, uh, coming November. Do you think if it's uh, if if the race goes well for F1, do you think maybe um, IndyCar looks into doing the road course there in Vegas? It's possible. It is definitely possible. Um, I think a little bit of that goes back to they nobody really wants to get compared which i was incredibly surprised we even actually went to coda the year we went um just because most people want to judge it based off lap time on how fast a formula one car is versus an indy car um i mean for the example you look at formula e they don't race a single track that any other series races because they don't want to be compared on lap time because those cars are just not that fast um, and I, I think you see maybe a little bit of that with the IndyCar stuff. I mean, you look at the Miami street course, that would be really, that'd be awesome doing an IndyCar. Um, and then the Vegas street course, the layout that they're looking at, that would be awesome in an IndyCar. It's a lot like, a lot like, um, Toronto, very tight, probably pretty bumpy. Um, it's going to be interesting with formula one cars. I know once they went to Miami, they were having huge issues with reliability because of how bumpy it was. Um, just cause those cars aren't exactly, they're a little, a little more fragile, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a possibility that IndyCar could end up at Vegas. I'd go for that race. Big gambler here. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll all be at the roulette stuff. table. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, uh, good stuff there. Uh, good, uh, good. Obviously, looking forward uh, to uh, many more discussions uh, that we're all going to have here in the upcoming weeks. But we do, uh, before we get on out of here, uh, we do need to uh, make some predictions. As uh, like we said, uh, Saint Petersburg is just right around the corner. Uh, Josh, I'm going to start with you. Let's go. Uh, at the end of this in September, I know that's uh, a few uh, a few months away, but uh, September. Uh, who is the 2023 Rookie of the Year, and who is hoisting that uh, points championship, that Astro Cup, uh, in uh, in September? Josh, I believe you're muted again. 
I'm sorry. I'm new to this podcasting thing. Sorry. Stingray Rob. Uh, just in, in short, you can, who, who's not going to root for Stingray Rob? That's an awesome name. Um, he's, I think he will, I think he will end up uh, being rookie of the year. And then the person hoisting the cup at the end of the year, I'm going with Pato. Pato Award's going to, going to have a great season. And I think he's going to win the, uh, win, win the championship this year. RC, what you got? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I know Stingray Rob was really, really good in in, uh, in lights, so I think I think Rookie of the Year is going to end up with him. And, and Coin's got some really good cars. It's uh, it's kind of hard to root against him. And like you said, I mean, how can you beat the name? <laughs> but uh, at the end of the year, man, that's it's so tough because it's so hit or miss um, from year in year out. Uh, I think it could be a new Garden year. I think it could be a new garden year. And then also who doesn't want to see Scott Dixon win another championship. So it's kind of a toss up. I mean, you got to go with a veteran. I feel like in, in one of the powerhouses, it's, it's either going to be, I think it's going to be a Penske car or a Ganassi car. I think McLaren's going to have an insanely good year. Um, but, but being that consistent over the course of 17, 18 races is really, really tough. And that's where I feel like the, the, a lot of teams with the, with the, IndyCar experience are, are really, really good at. So I, I think you're going to see a new Garden or a Scott Dixon at the end of the year. Interesting choices. And, and I'll make rookie of the year. Uh, it's been a recurring theme uh, of this, uh, of this show. Uh, a clean sweep uh, across. Uh, definitely Lush pointed out, how can you go against, a guy with the name Stingray Rob. But yeah, I think he is going to end up the uh, 2023 Rookie of the Year when this is, when this is when, two, when it comes to the points championship, uh, the Astro Cup. Um, I, I think uh, the, the team that's going to win that, driver that's going to win it, is like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think they're out to prove something in, in 2023. Uh, the success they had in 2022 was just an appetizer. I think for what's going to be coming this team in in 2023, and I'm going to say that not only, and I know what I'll bold, not only will Pato Award win his first points championship, Pato Award is going to be the 2023 Indianapolis 500 winner. What do you think of that? I mean, I think you're on the right track. He he did get what he got second last year, and I and he even said it. I think he had a run on on Erickson, and he, he bailed out of it just knowing that I need to take the second place points wise, especially because it was double points. Um, it's going to be tough. The Indy 500 is always just that's a flip of the coin. Who gets the right fuel mileage? Who hits the pit stops? Who's going to get a penalty in the pit stops? Because I'm pretty sure Scott Dixon and Pillow had that race wrapped up until that happened. So it's it's a flip of the coin. I think that's a tough one to pick for, for Indianapolis 500 winner. That's just going to be uh, like a pool, throw a bunch of names in hat and pick one. Well, I hope I get RC Enerson if I, yeah, uh, definitely going to be word. <laughs> I, I like where your head's at, Josh. I like where your head's at. Any anything else that you want to uh, go over, touch on, and then also too, I know uh, you're starting to become a little more active on. So uh, give everyone your uh, Twitter handle. Were you talking to me, Vance? You were uh, you were broken up. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add here before we get on out of here? You know, you're becoming more active on on Twitter. Uh, so people that want to follow you, uh, where can they find you at? Uh, on Twitter, I am at uh, Warren0565, like it is on the screen. Um, I'm excited this year. Uh, I didn't get to be on all the shows last year. I came in pretty much towards the end of the year. Um, I'm excited to start watching the races more closely, getting involved more. You know, football was my uh, was my go-to, but uh, start starting to get starting to love this uh, IndyCar more and more. And uh, having RC on has uh, got my uh, 
got my interest a lot more uh, peaked. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to um, bring a little bit more insight into me in for me um, for and for the viewer and for the viewers and the listeners. But uh, it's it's an exciting year, and I can't wait. RC, before I throw it over to uh, to you again, uh, huge thank coming uh, being the the driver analyst uh, this year. Can't wait to hear what everything that you're going to bring uh, week in and week out. Uh, anything that you want to add or uh, give out your uh, social media if people don't follow you already? Yeah, just uh, first off, thanks for having me. Um, it's cool. I mean, I I mean, I talk with it with my with my dad and, and a few of my other racing friends, we talk about racing a lot, but it's, it's cool to get on a podcast and talk, talk racing and I, and I like doing it. Um, but yeah, you guys can follow me on, on social media. It's just RC Anderson. I think that's on all my handles for Instagram, Twitter. So it's uh should be pretty easy to find. And then, um, I don't know, stay tuned. Maybe, maybe you guys will see something announced next in the coming months. And, uh, hopefully I'm pretty excited and we're, we're, we're working hard to be back in the car. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you have, if you do have a announcement to make, I know a platform uh, that uh, you could come on and do that. But uh, again, our coming on being a part of this uh, podcast and in its second season. Uh, also, huge thank you to uh, to Josh for uh, joining us, and he'll be here uh, full time uh, as well. So uh, you can't wait to uh, get back on here, and uh, we will be on a, a couple week hiatus, and then uh, the week of uh, Saint Pete is when you'll be able to see our smiling faces again. So for myself, uh, you've been listening to the Push to Pass podcast. And we will see you in the next.